0: Cool, good morning, everyone. Uh what a refreshing time of worship it was this morning. Just just reminding ourselves of the grace of God, that it's all by his grace. We are saved by grace through uh yeah, through faith. And it's just a what what a joy. There's no no pressure on us to be doing anything to in terms of to add into our salvation, in terms of guaranteeing our salvation or anything like that. It was all done by Jesus on the cross. He shouted, it is finished then three days later rose to life, uh, that we may now have new life in him. Uh, and that's, that's very much what our, our new series is about. So our new sermon series, as many of you probably have already seen, is called Sit, Walk, Stand. And over the next 13 weeks or so, really up to the start of the summer holidays, uh, we're going to be delving into uh, the book of Ephesians, uh, this letter from Paul to the church in Ephesus, And it's a letter full of wonderful, God-exalting, God-glorifying truth. Uh, I think sometimes we, I I know I personally can, even just reading the first chapter of it, I I can almost jump over the line where it says in verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and jump straight to who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Uh, I can very easily and very quickly make it all about me, and actually what God has done for me. Uh, And actually really when we look at this letter properly we see it's glorifying god it's about glorifying him and yes he's done a wonderful great work for us but it's very much god focused god first Uh, and that's really helpful for us actually resetting ourselves in our culture these days it's very easy to focus on self first um but actually god calls it like jesus says actually he came to serve didn't he that's the model that he made for us. So let's have that in our minds as we, we, we delve into this. So this morning I'm just going to do a quick introduction uh, into the letter. And the main body of, um, I guess, this time given over for introducing uh, the series is actually we're going we're gonna to have the book read to us. So during when this letter was first written, it would have been uh, sent to the believers in Ephesus. And actually, when they first heard it, they they well they, the first way of engaging with it would have been hearing it wouldn't it it would have been read to them and we know the bible says don't forsake the reading of scripture publicly and actually it's going to do us um do us good to hear it read out and it's so important isn't it like i'm going to start setting some of the context now some of the themes now but actually hearing the letter as a whole hearing it all together is so good for us i can just imagine actually how excited the believers in Ephesus were when they heard that they had this letter from Paul and they were going to get to hear what Paul's Paul had for them what Paul was sharing with them from God so so be expecting that actually as as we come to hear that this morning God's going to speak to us he's going to refresh us he's going to stir us and probably going to challenge us as well Um, so yeah good stuff Um, so Ephesians was written by the Apostle Paul in roughly around 62 AD during his imprisonment in Rome um Ephesus itself was a prosperous commercial city uh, had a really busy uh, port uh, and really it was a city full of worship of lots of different gods full of immorality the, the people were in many ways pursuing uh, magic and the occult it was full of demonic activity uh, and and we see from uh, the account of acts acts of the apostles that in roughly around chapter 19 the start of chapter 19 Paul is actually when he on his third missionary journey gets to Ephesus, and it starts with him coming across twelve disciples of John the Baptist, and they seem rather confused, and and Paul talks to them, and he tells them about Jesus and all Jesus has done for them, and they get baptised, and then they get filled with the Spirit, and that really is the start of the church in Ephesus, and Paul stays there for two years. So for two whole years, which for Paul was actually quite a long time. Uh, And we we don't know the exact number or size of the church when he led or when he left. But it would appear that it had actually become a church full of tens of thousands of disciples of Jesus. So just in two years, a city which was full of occult worship, which is full of sexual morality Uh, and and as you can imagine a a busy port had all these different people coming in what kind of things would be going on there this city was changed from the inside out by Paul proclaiming Christ Jesus as we were reading last week in Colossians change came by proclaiming Christ and by Jesus being at work through his spirit in these people so it's rather different to a lot of Paul's other letters, so much so in some ways, uh, some theologians dispute whether or not Paul actually wrote the letter. Um, but I think actually, as you really look at it, you can conclude that, that he did. But the, the difference is, it, it's not, he's not writing to address sin in the church, he's not writing to address theological issues or anything like that. Uh, in fact, many, it was written at the same time as Philemon and Colossians, and many people think it was written directly after the back of Colossians. Just the Colossians, the, the the book is really Christ exalting. Says he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were made in heaven and on earth. And and it's just, just Paul gets carried away in Colossians, exalting Christ. And it's almost off the back of writing that it seems Paul just like he's, he's carrying away he's just going to write a glorious book about the gospel of who God is and his great plan of redemption um and so it's almost as if Paul writes with a freedom that he might not have had in his other letters in his other letters he had these different issues that he had to had to address in here Paul could just pour out his heart as he felt led by God to encourage the uh, Ephesian church. And probably the letter was probably circulated so that other churches in Asia Minor as well. And one stark thing that you'll notice is the first three chapters of this book don't tell us to do anything. So coming back to that that theme of grace from this morning, actually, Paul, you you read the first three chapters, it's, it's not instructing us to do anything. talking about the gospel and god's great plan of redemption of bringing jew and gentile together the mystery of of god revealed through the church in the church the manifold wisdom of god being made to the rulers and the authorities of this world it's god's great plan forming one new humanity a people set apart for God, and in gods and i really feel that god is God's led us to this series um, partly because it, it's so much about the sovereignty of God in this time where there is so much like we, we were just talking about what's going on in India uh, with, and the crisis there at the moment. And we ourselves are just slowly starting to ease lockdown, aren't we, and, and trying to eventually hopefully get back to some kind of normality, what, whatever that may look like. And this reminds us that God is in control. God has always had a plan. And he is outworking that plan. But also, I think God has led us here because it reminds us of our unity together. I think sometimes we can think, how, how do we be unified? Actually, what, what it says in this, this letter is you are unified in Christ Jesus. But we are to give ourselves to maintaining that unity. It's not a unity that we bring about. But it's a unity that we live in the good of because of what Christ has done for us. I think as we, we feed upon the truth in this about God's great plan of redemption being worked out it's actually going to help us live from a place of rest from a place of hope and it's, it's going to help us grow in our Christ-likeness in our maturity and it's going to help us maintain unity in the church and help us walk out the glorious gospel that God has given us and the good works that he has prepared in advance for us think all too often we end up with too small a view of God's sovereignty or even too small a view of the church uh, and I think that's part of the human nature isn't it is that we we tend to become focused on certain things actually I think God just wants to to open our eyes to the wonder that he is God he is in control and actually his church is his bride who's going to present to himself spotless pure blameless and it's actually we see through his church, it's a context of local church where, where gifting is to be worked out, where ministry is to be worked out, where, where the world is to be changed from. Because like one match on its own doesn't shine very brightly, does it? But actually, if you had a whole box of matches and light them together, the heat would be so much more. It shines so much longer and it burns so much longer. And I just feel that. Like that God is just reminding us that his great plan is being worked out now through his church, proclaiming what Christ Jesus has done. And that is how Faversham is going to be changed from the inside out by his glorious church, where Christ is the head and we are his body. God has a plan. I just feel that God would just remind us that his local church is at the forefront of that he loves it and he wants us to be committed to that and actually as we're committed to being the body of Christ together seeking him holding firm to Christ as we were talking about last week God will bring the growth but not just so that we become an insular community but so that actually the light shines in the darkness and his kingdom comes so why have we chosen the title sit stand sit walk stand get it in the right order that's probably helpful well, our inspiration came from uh, the book by Watchman Nee, which is the title, Sit, Walk, Stands. And in it, he breaks down the letter to the Ephesians into three main sections, or you could say three main postures for us as Christians. Uh, so I'm just going to quickly unpack that just before um, we, we hear the book read to us. So firstly, posture of sitting. He's talking about sit in our position in Christ. And he's taken that from chapters one to three in Ephesians and actually remembering this breakdown can be really helpful in us as we we think over the book of Ephesians together Uh, and in Ephesians 2 verse 6 it says we are seated in heavenly places with Christ so we're seated with Christ and we see again and again even just chapter 1 says that we are now in Christ we are in Christ Jesus I think sometimes we can focus so much on Christ being in us that actually we forget that we're in him but actually, what what a mammoth think, Like actually, Christ is in us. But actually, think about that picture of divine. It's us being in Him. That's where the fruit comes, isn't it? It's we are now clothed in Him. His righteousness is now us. Actually, it, it it really speaks such a bigger picture to see us in Him and not just focus on Him in us. And what 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 um, he's getting up here is that Christ has done it all for us. The Christian life isn't starting with a big do. You need to do this, you need to do that. It starts with done in capital letters, D-O-N-E. Christ has done it. And what we need to do is we need to sit. What are we doing when we put when we're sitting? We're putting our full weight, our full body in something we trust. Okay? We're saying, Christ, our identity is now in you. You have done it all. It's not by our works. Or by anything, but we we sit and we rest in who we are now in Christ Jesus. That's why in the first three chapters, it doesn't tell us to do anything. It's saying this is now who you are. This is your new identity. Then next is walk, and he's broken it up so it goes from chapter four up to verse nine in chapter six. And this is addressing our life in the world. And chapter four starts with therefore walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you are called. So he's saying, therefore, everything that's gone before means we can now walk in a manner worthy to what we've been called. So he's saying, you sit, you sit in your identity in Christ. You, You rest in that, you receive his grace. And it's from this place of grace, of living from grace that we can walk. It's from this place of our identity being fully secure in him that we can walk the Christian life. And if we're not doing... Christian life from that place of our identity in him completely by his grace if we're not sitting in that position uh, we're not going to be able to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to what God has for us and then thirdly it's to stand so this is from verse 10 through to verse 24 and then it says put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil he's saying our attitude is to stand So we sit in who we are in Christ in order that we can walk in the authority and the power that we have in Christ, clothed in Christ Jesus. As we walk in that authority, sit in our identity in him, we can stand against the devil. Because if we're in Christ, the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth, and actually says in Colossians, that we are filled with the fullness of him who has all authority, then when the devil comes to attack us, we can stand firm in the victory that we have in christ jesus so we're to sit to walk and to stand but it's so important that we come from the place of sitting in all he has done for us i just found that even just reflecting that over the last week really helpful for me like actually trying to start my day from sitting not striving not trying to force god's hand in anything but actually just remembering i'm now a child of god saved by grace through faith all of him nothing of myself and now he has good works for me to do based by his grace so now we're going to have the book of ephesians read to us um and let it if you've got your bibles you might find it useful to open it and turn there but you might actually find it useful just to sit and listen let the truth of it wash over you and just enjoy a time of just listening to what God has done for you, the call he's placed upon your life and his love for you.
1: Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, was sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers
2: not a result of works so that one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the Commonwealth of Israel, And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, therefore killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit.
3: For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written but briefly. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has revealed, that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations for ever and ever. Amen.
4: I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says... When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He he, who who descended is the one who also ascended, far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we no longer be, may no longer be children, tossed to, to and fro by the ways and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, for whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint, with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of the minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart. They've become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbour, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your angerer, and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labour, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may lo- no longer have something to share with anybody in need, that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed by the day of the day of redemption let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving one another as god in christ forgave you
5: therefore be imitators of god as beloved children and walk in love as christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to god But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, this is an idolater, has No inheritance in the kingdom of christ and god let no one deceive you with empty words for because of these things the wrath of god comes upon the sons of disobedience therefore do not become partners with them for at one time you were darkness but now you are light in the lord walk as children of the light for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true and try to discern What is pleasing to the lord take no part in unfruitful works of darkness but instead expose them for it is shameful even to speak of these things that they do in secret but when anything is exposed by the light it becomes visible for anything that becomes visible is light therefore it says awake o sleeper and rise from the dead and christ will shine on you look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but wise, making the best use of the time because the day is evil. Therefore, do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart, giving thanks always and for everything in God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ wives submit to your own husbands as the lord for the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church his body and himself its savior now as the church submits to Christ so also wives should 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 submit to everything in everything to their husbands Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that you might sanctify her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water and the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without a spot or a wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. The mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, Let each one of us love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband.
6: Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. instead. Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favour when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly, as if you were serving the Lord, not people, Because you know that the Lord will reward each one of you for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favouritism with him. The armour of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. Final greetings. Titius, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything, so that you may also know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know who, how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love.